Chapter 9 Dispossession Verse 1 And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or, if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me, that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he had laid him down upon his bed, turned away his face, and would eat no bread. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is it thy spirit is so sad? What thou hast eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel, his wife, said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise, and eat bread, and let thine heart be merry, and I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, and sealed them with his seal, and sent his letter unto the elders and to the nobles who were in the city, dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote the letter, saying, Proclaim a fast, and set Naboth on high among the people, and set two men, sons of Belal, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out, and stone him, that he may die. The men of the city, even the elders and the nobles who were in the inhabitants of the city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them, and as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them. They proclaimed a fast, and set Naboth on high among his people. And then came two men, children of Bilal, and sat before him, and the men of Bilal witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city, and stoned him with stones, that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. And it came to pass, when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, and take the possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give thee for money, for Naboth is not alive, but dead. And it came to pass, when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab arose to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. First Kings Chapter 21, verses 1 through 16. The presupposition of this entire chapter is biblical law and its binding nature. The sale of farmland in God's throne land was not permitted, 
Leviticus chapter 25, verses 23 through 28. Numbers chapter 36, verses 1 through 13. Not even a prince could dispossess a man. Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 14. Land was not privately owned, but family owned. Naboth's farm belonged not to him, but to his family, past, present, and future. This aspect of property is still God's law. Property is not the possession of the private individual or of the state, but of a family. It is a godly inheritance and a stewardship to be treated always as a trust from the past to the future. The trial of Naboth in terms of the law of blasphemy, Leviticus 24, verse 14 through 16, and Deuteronomy 13, verses 6 through 11, Deuteronomy 17, verses 2 through 5, etc. And in terms of the required two witnesses, Deuteronomy 17, 16, 19, 15, the fast for the national calamity was a common practice. Judges 20, verse 26, 1 Samuel 7, verse 6, 1 Samuel 31, verse 13, 2 Chronicles 20, verses 2 through 4, Joel chapter 1, verse 14, chapter 2, verse 12. Naboth, an innocent man, was executed, as were his sons with him. 2 Kings chapters 9, verse 26. For refusing to sell his land to the king Ahab, the recorded instances of a sale of land in the Old Testament are by Canaanites. 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. Ahab, like many a tyrant, avoided the direct involvement with murder. He wanted Naboth killed, but without his personal knowledge and immediate participation. He therefore sulked, knowing he would gain, and working to gain Jezebel's concern and involvement. It was beneath his dignity to plan a murder. Jezebel was Ahab's ready tool in the strategy. The villagers and town elders were also willing and sanctimonious tools in Naboth's murder. Their part was clearly as evil as Jezebel's and Ahab's, but perhaps the greatest sin was Ahab's. Responsibility cannot be delegated away where sin is concerned. None of the parties involved had any valid excuse. The villagers might also have shared Naboth's fate had they resisted, but they faced instead a greater judgment from the Lord. Ahab had his judgment spelled out first of all, and by Elijah. Jezebel knew Israel. She could never have put her plan murder into effect that people had been godly and had resisted. Rather, the scandal of exposure would have shaken the throne. Jezebel believed the people would do anything if bidden. They might have a form of godliness, but none of the power thereof. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5 Jezebel thus respected the form. The entire proceedings used the facade of God's law in order to commit murder. 
The modern church will also use the facade of God's law to disobey God and defame his servants. The civil courts continue to invoke God's name and declare justice to be their goal, even though they dispense humanism and injustice. The criminal, the prostitute, the hoodlum are evil enough, but the sanctimonious sinners who are the greatest evil. It is Phariseeism which our Lord most strongly condemns. God enacts vengeance for every violation of his law. He declares his judgment on Ahab's house and brings it to pass. 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 26. But what happens when it is the Lord who brings justice to pass rather than men, judges, pastors, and rulers? The Lord is emphatic that beyond a certain point, he will not hear men's prayers. And you shall cry out in that day, because of your king which ye have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. First Samuel chapter 8, verse 18. Indeed, in certain cases, prayer is forbidden to us. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 11. 1 John chapter 5, verse 16. From some we are to withdraw ourselves because the Lord has withdrawn himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, verse 11. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, verse 14. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 5. Titus, chapter 3, verse 10. 2 John, verse 10. Where men bring God's judgment to pass, there God's blessings abound. Where God must bring in judgment, he also brings in a curse with his justice. To wait, therefore, for the Lord is to defend the Naboth of our day, to wait for God's curse and judgment. The whole city of Jezreel was involved in the guilt of Naboth's murder. 1 Kings chapter 21 and verse 13. And the whole land, if unpunished, a crime and its guilt lay upon the entire land. If an injustice were wrought involving God's name and law, as in the murder of Naboth, all partook of blasphemy and incurred the death penalty. To be silent where God's law is broken or misused, is blasphemy. The silence of Israel before Ahab and Jezebel was rooted in syncretism. Like Ahab, the Israelites believed in God after a fashion, but not to the same degree as the devils do in hell, who believe and tremble. James chapter 2, verse 19. While they refused to obey God the Lord... Israel trembled before Ahab and Jezebel, not before the Lord. Ahab believed in the wisdom and power of man's way, and so did all of Israel, because the people moved in terms of the fear of man, not the fear of the Lord. Simon tells us that the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Proverbs 29, verse 25. 
The fear of the Lord tended to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied, and he shall not be visited with evil. Proverbs 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, verse 7. Of the wicked men, David says, There is no fear of God before his eyes. Psalms chapter 36, verse 1. We have no reason to believe that Naboth was any better than his neighbors, nor any reason not to believe that he was a godly man. We are told nothing except that he defended his ancestral land. The point of this episode is not the character of Naboth, but the depravity of Israel and its syncretism. On Mount Carmel, the people refused to take a stand when Elijah said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21 Israel was again silent when Jezebel drove Elijah out of the land. Moreover, Israel gave no evidence of displeasure at Ahab's apostate foreign policy and his trust in alliances rather than the Lord. Whatever Naboth's personal character, apart from his defense of the land, his blood was innocent blood. He was murdered by means of abuse of law. The murder of any man is evil, and the use of the law in this case God's law, to commit murder compounds the crime. It adds blasphemy to murder. The whole land is again implicated in the crime. Israel was already a condemned people. 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 42. This further offense only made it clear that they deserved their condemnation. Verse 17. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Trishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, which is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, whether he has gone down to possess it. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed, and also taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where the dogs lick the blood of Naboth, so shall the dogs lick thy blood, even thine. And Ahab said to Elijah, Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? And he answered, I have found thee, because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring evil upon thee, and I will take away thy posterity, and I will cut off from Ahab him a pisseth against the wall, and him that is shut up and left in Israel. And will make thine house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and the house of Basha, the son of Aja. 
for the provocation wherewith thou hast provided me to anger, and made Israel to sin. And of Jezebel also spoke the Lord, saying, The dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Him that dieth of Ahab in the city the dogs shall eat. But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel his wife stirred up. And he did very abominably in the following idols, according to all things, as did the Amorites, whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And it came to pass, when Ahab heard these words, he rent his clothes, put a sackcloth upon his flesh, and fasted, and lay in the sackcloth, and went softly. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Seest how Ahab humbled himself before me? Because he humbled himself before me, I will not bring evil in his days. But in his son's days I will bring the evil upon his house. First Kings chapter 21, verse 17 through 29. A fundamental principle of biblical law is blood for blood. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for it is the image of God he made men. Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Exodus, chapter 21, verse 23 through 25. Dogs licked up the blood of Naboth. There in the same place dogs would lick up the blood of Ahab. Because Ahab had publicly used God's law to commit murder, God would publicly bring shame upon him in the same disgrace. Scavenger dogs would lick up his blood. All Israel knew that Ahab's murder of Naboth and was silent. The public judgment upon Ahab in the very same place would not only bring home the just of God upon Ahab to all of Israel, but would make clear to them that their own judgment was inescapable. In every age, quote, the wages of sin is death, unquote. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. No doubt, the partial revival under Elijah's ministry was in part due to the shock and fear of judgment. The promise to Ahab is the total annihilation of his family. All were implicated. All shared in the guilt as well as the prophets of Naboth's murder. Jezebel is singled out for special mention. Because she was more than a profiting follower in Ahab's sins, she was an active partner. Ahab attributed Elijah's words to enmity rather than God's justice. Although in his heart he knew the truth of them, Elijah did not give priority to the murder of Jezebel. Evil though she was, it was Ahab's work. Quote, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? End quote. Ahab's sins were murder, theft, 
and blasphemy in using God's law to commit these crimes. Jezebel was the bolder criminal, but Ahab was the chief sinner. Ahab was a syncretist. He believed in God, but served himself. Where God suited his purposes, he obeyed God. No doubt. But where Baal suited his purposes, he was a Baalist. At all times, it was his own way and will which Ahab obeyed. As a result, the prophetic author of 1 Kings compares him to the totally godless Amorites who had been dispossessed from Canaan. Humanism, man's way, means dispossession. It is pursued in every age by men like Ahab as the means to possession, murder, theft, blasphemy, and false witness are used to increase man's power, kingdom, and glory, and for a time they seem to succeed. Asphalt describes in Psalm 73 his dismay in seeing the prosperity of the wicked, but in seeing God's purposes. He understands the coming judgment and God's unfailing righteousness. David tells us, and our Lord repeats it, that, quote, The meek shall inherit the earth, and thou shalt delight themselves in the abundance of peace. End quote. Psalms 37, 11, Matthew 5, and 5. Dispossession and captivity are the lot of the wicked. Ahab had, quote, sold, quote, unquote, himself. Elijah declares, quote, to work evil in sight of the Lord, end quote. He had made himself a slave to evil and unto judgment. And a felon's death he would go. The judgment was a shock to Ahab, whose conviction now equaled that of the devil's. He both believed in God and trembled. James 2 and verse 19. We are told that in terror, he rent his clothes and put on sackcloth, fasted, quote, and went softly, end quote. The New English Bible renders Quote, went about muttering to himself, end quote, implying panic to the point of instability. Apparently, too, he was in prayer. At any rate, the Lord stayed the total destruction of Ahab's dynasty until after Ahab's death. But God did not live the judgment of dispossession. In our day, the nations are virtually all heedless of the Lord. The historically Christian countries are filled with Ahab-like churches, nominally Christian, and to all practical intent, humanistic. They compromise with the Molech Baal of statism, of the humanistic law and education, with indifference to all but the minimum forms of the faith and routine. They say, Lord, Lord, and refuse to know him. They turn with hatred on all men who take God at his word. Like Ahab, they call God's faithful followers enemies. They accuse them of troubling of Israel, of God, 
1 Kings chapter 18, verse 17. But the Lord in his time shall trouble them and dispossess them. His judgment upon them shall be more severe than on Sodom and Gomorrah, for to be outwardly of the Lord and to despise his law word is blasphemy, and more fearful sin than open unbelief and sin. As our Lord said to the outward Israel of his day, Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethesda! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and in ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted into heaven, shall be brought down into hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee have been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you, that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Matthew chapter 11, verse 21 through 24. The Pharisees looked at the sins of the older man and of the other nations and said, We are better than they, whatever they are. Surely God will favor us, for at our worst we are superior to these men. Luke chapter 18, verse 10 through 14. But it was Israel which was judged before Assyria, Babylon, or Rome. Where are the men like John Welch, who will pray with an intensity for their people, as did Welch, John Knox's son-in-law, begging, Lord, wilt thou not grant me Scotland? Our concerns are as narrow as our house, and petty as ourselves. And we fret about our own affairs, and grow indignant over our personal problems, while we are careless in prayer and indifferently remember God's kingdom and God's cause, let us remember there is not only a syncretism of faith, but also a syncretism of concern. What we can get excited, happy, or indignant about most readily will reveal where our heart and our treasure are. Our concerns today reveal our syncretism. They are as narrow as we are, and they are blasphemous. For a herb garden, Ahab murdered, robbed, bore false witness, blasphemed, and he paid the price. Our evils may not be as great, but our priorities are usually as petty. For an herb garden, Ahab's concern, his dynasty perished. For their readiness to be party to Ahab's ways, a nation was condemned. 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 42. It is not the petty who inherit the earth, but the blessed meek, the tamed of God who are ruled by him in all their being. Ahab's priority was an herb garden. Wrong priorities in any man is sin. What are our priorities?